0: worship you this morning for you're worthy of our praise. You are worthy, the Lamb of God. You are worthy of our praise. Lord, we worship you with all our heart, our soul, our mind, our strength. We give you praise and glory. Lift up your hand and just say, I love you, Lord. I love you this morning, your presence. I need your presence in every area of my life. I need your presence. I need you. Just say, I need you, Lord. I need you. I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord. I need you, I need you, I need you, Lord. Yes. I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord. Holy Spirit, you're welcome. You're welcome oh. in this place. You're welcome in this church. You're welcome to have your way. Speak to us today. Holy Spirit, you are the teacher. ask you to teach our hearts. Teach us, guide us. Your rod and your staff comforts us. Your word is a guide, a lamp to our feet and a light for our path. Thank you, Lord. Make your word plain this morning. Make the complex simple. As we hear your word this morning, we declare that our hearts are open and our minds are alert and we're ready to receive the implanted word and we declare a hundredfold return and all that shall be planted in the house of God today. We bless you. We honor you. Today is Palm Sunday. So let's just lift up our palms, lift up our hands before the Lord and say, Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. You are the King of kings and you are the Lord of lords. You are Jesus, the Son of God, the Messiah, the Lamb of God who's taken away the sins of the world, the Lion of the tribe of Judah. You're the lily in every valley and we worship you this morning. We glorify you. We acknowledge you as the King over our lives, the King over absolutely everything. You are the King over this church. You are the king over our jobs. You're the king over our families. You're the king over absolutely everything. We relinquish any any place where we've sat on the throne. We get off of it this morning. We say, Jesus, have a seat. We love you and we bless you. We honor you in the mighty name of Jesus. Everybody shout amen this morning. Come on, say it again. Say hallelujah. 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 Glory. Glory, glory. Would you turn and greet us? That's our theme for the entire year. So you want to just keep that on your wrist. You just remind yourself, God's called me to bear fruit. That I'm supposed to be bearing fruit. Amen. And uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that in the message. But everyone's got your welcome packet at this time. All right, if you're here for the very first time, um, On the inside of your welcome packet, there is a a connection card. If you would just pull that out, you're going to find an offering envelope and a connection card. Two of these little items right here. Just set the envelope to the side. We're going to receive our offering at the end of service. But if you would at this time, you're here for the very first time. We'd like for you to just fill out what we call a connection card so that we have your information and a record of you being here. And if you would just hold on to it until the end of service and we're going to receive our, when we receive our offering at the end of the service, you can just slip it in the basket at that time. But hold on to it because we have some more information for you um, right before service is over for you to add to that card just in case. All right. Well, let's look at our announcements for this morning. Um, very few. We, uh, we had a wonderful time Friday night at the movie. Breakthrough. Was it everything I said, y'all, or what? How many of you cried? Tell the truth. Raise your hand. I saw for the second time, and I cried. <laughs> it was so good when she's saying, nah, I don't understand. I don't understand. But you said that I'm the man. Can you who can identify with that? Who's been through something where you say, I don't understand? I don't get this. I don't understand this. But how many of you God helped you through it? Amen. Still may not understand. I like the old song that says we'll understand it better Bye. by and by. By and by when the morning comes. <laughs> Amen. We will how's that go by and by when the morning comes? All the saints of God are gathered home. We'll tell the story of how we've overcome. I will understand it better by and by. Those old hymns, I'm telling you, there's nothing to minister to you like those old hymns. Amen. So praise the Lord. Um, The movie was amazing. Can y'all help me to appreciate Minister Murray for making sure that we all went. He just gave a Pope wave. He just gave a Pope wave. Yeah. So we do appreciate you. (laughs) Honey, we, what's that? Oh yeah, he t- I told him. I said, "Why did you say that?" Now you got to take everybody to Disney World. He said it was just a joke. I'm like, "Were well, you gonna be the one to tell him, not me?" <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. That is true. That is true. I would, I would really like to go on a church trip to the Ark in Kentucky. The Ark Experience. Oh, wouldn't that be awesome? Somebody actually built the whole Ark, and you can go get on it. And, and walk on the ark and see how big it is and see how it would be possible that that, that, that actually did happen. That'd be fun. Well, that's just a desire of my heart. Um, Disney's on the back burner and that one's on the front. Okay? All right. So praise the Lord. All right. Well, today is Palm Sunday. Excited about that and we'll talk a little bit about that in my message. But ladies, if you have not yet registered for Women Who Win, I believe this is the last week to register. We've got to get you there this year. It is going to be amazing. Let's play that commercial. and stuff. All right, ladies, you do not want to miss this conference this year. We've been praying every morning on the prayer call about this conference, and I just believe that God is gonna do something phenomenal. I know there'll be an impartation of faith because that's what that's what they do. Amen. Is, is they are assigned their assignment is to teach people to use their faith and to win in life <clears throat> through using your faith. Amen. And so I believe women are gonna go back to their their states, because they're coming from all over the world. I mean, we have even some that come all the way from Africa to just to come to this conference. They get on a plane, they book their hotels, they travel all the way. And look, we're so lucky, it's right here in our city. We don't have to get on an airplane to ride. We don't have to pack a suitcase. All we have to do is get dressed, get ready, and let's just go to Greens Point. So, Jennifer, we're planning on going as a group. And uh, so talk about that. What do we need to do? Okay, so anyone who has not signed up yet, should they see you today after church? Okay, see Jennifer today after church. You can sign up with us, and we can get you, um, we can, we can get you in. Yep. Okay? So sign up today. Be a part of it. Are we hot? I see some people fanning. Do we need to turn the AC on? No? We're good? We're good? So far, so All right, well... This is one of the most exciting times of, uh, of any Sunday that we do, and that is when we graduate people from Firm Foundation. So would you all help me to congratulate Pastor Carolyn? Would you come on up? Pastor Carolyn teaches Firm Foundation on Sunday mornings, and it is just phenomenal. It gives you a, a foundation in God's Word. Jesus said the wise man digs deep and builds his house on the Word. He said, he said that's the man who hears these sayings of mine and does them. So that is, that is the person who is a wise man who, who builds his house on the rock. And when the storms come and when the water beats against that house, he says that it will stand for it's well built on the rock. And so that's what Pastor Carolyn does. She teaches firm foundation, the principles that we live on. She teaches those every Sunday morning at 930-ish. We're getting more than Important, amen? So you come to leadership development so that you can learn what your spiritual gifts are. We're going to give you a spiritual giftings test. So that if there's no wrong answers, you'll find out what your spiritual gifts are and how to use them in the church. That's what God called the church to do. Amen. Amen. Praise God. All right. Well, y'all ready for the word? Amen. All right. Let's get started. Everybody got your note sheet? We're going to honor the word right now and just honor that the, 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 the logo, logos, the written word, and also the rhema words going to be coming across the pulpit this morning. You know what? You ought not miss one Sunday where the Word is coming across the pulpit to you because God makes it. He custom-tailors every message for everybody. So it's like just for you. You'll hear a part and somebody else will hear, hear a part that's meant just for them. But this is, this is God's Word. It's alive. It's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It's, it's, it's the only thing that's able to get between your soul and your spirit. There's no other spiritual nourishment just like our body requires food, you have to have certain nutrients. I heard about a lady who had a surgery, had that gastric bypass surgery on her stomach, and she didn't eat for like a, a, like a couple of days. She didn't have anything. And uh, it caused her stuff to get so off. The chemicals in her body got so off that she couldn't walk. She couldn't make her mouth talk and say what she wanted to say. So, so how many of you know natural nutrients are important? spiritual nutrient is just as important man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of god so we need the word of god if we're going to live a big spiritual life amen faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of god so the word is all in our note sheet this morning it becomes a study guide for you to use all week long so let's make this declaration of our faith hold it up and let's honor the word say the spirit of the lord is upon me because he has anointed me to hear and apply his word. I'm about to know better so that I may do better, have better, and be better. I am becoming everything God has destined me to be. I am becoming everything the devil fears I'll be. I'm becoming everything the haters say I could never be. So after today, I will never be the same in Jesus' name. Come on, slap three people, high five, and say it's about the Father's business. Amen. So open up your note sheet, and let's get started. God's going to cause the complex to be made simple. He is the teacher of the word this morning. He is the one who brings all things that he says to our remembrance. So I declare that during this time that the Holy Spirit is free to talk to you. Amen. I declare that your spiritual ears are open, your spiritual eyes are open, and the Lord is about to talk to you. Amen? All right. So here we are. We are in uh, tremendous fruitfulness. This entire year we are focused on being fruitful and being, um, being tremendously fruitful for really pressing in to go to another level of fruitfulness. Amen. We might be bearing fruit in one area, but maybe this other area we're not. We want to identify those areas with the help of the Holy Spirit And begin to bear fruit in every area. Amen. All right. So so during the month of April, our our topic is about the Father's business in April. Amen. So here's where that comes from. The Father's business. It was the week of Passover. And that was... um, When Jesus was 12 years old, his family, as with all families, they would all, all the children of Israel, they would come from wherever they lived. Jesus lived in Nazareth, so they would come in caravans, and they would make their way into Jerusalem every year at Passover, for the week of Passover. They would spend their time preparing, getting a a lamb to sacrifice, making sure that they had all the, the elements to eat the Passover together. They would have to have the bitter herbs, and they would have to have the unleavened bread for that whole week. They didn't put leaven in their bread. They Unleavened bread ...to remind them of the bitter bondage that they were in when they were in Israel. Passover is the celebration of the children of Israel being led out of bondage... ...and out of slavery in Egypt. Amen. So they would come every year. And God said, look in Exodus 12, 14. So look at Passover, the definition of Passover. The spring feast kept by the children of Israel to celebrate the exodus from slavery in Egypt. For 400 years they had been held captive in Egypt... But they came out. God brought them out with a mighty hand. He opened up the Red Sea and brought them out and brought them into their own land. And so now every year, no matter where they lived in Israel, they would, they would make their way every year back to Jerusalem because God said, you shall keep this feast, this Passover feast as an everlasting ordinance. In other words, until the end of time, you're going to keep this feast called Passover. So everybody took that very seriously. Jews took the law of God, very seriously so every family would make their way there bring their lamb with them and they would they would celebrate the passover together so for for jesus family when he was 12 years old by this time he's probably got brothers and sisters and, and uh, they're coming they're coming in from out of town in big caravans and You know, with cousins and neighbors and, you know, kids that they played together with too. So they get into Jerusalem. They celebrate the Passover. Then Mary and Joseph, you know, get in the caravan to leave just supposing Jesus was with them. They get a whole day's journey out and realize Jesus is not with them. Can you imagine the terror in their hearts? Have you ever lost your kid for just a minute? That's the scariest minute you can ever live. And uh, I remember I was babysitting some, uh, somebody's child one time. She was three years old and was at a big balloon rally. And uh, she slipped in between one of the rows of balloons, and I lost her. I looked around, and she was not there. I'm like, where's Jessica? I thought she was with you. Well, I thought she was with you. She, was, she had slipped in between, and, and luckily I was able to find her quick enough. But that is a scary moment. Can you imagine how upset they were? They couldn't find him for a whole day. They made the trip back to Jerusalem. Took them, took them a day, and once they got to Jerusalem, they looked for a whole nother day, and then once once um, they found him, it was the, it was three days before they found him. They were out of their minds, worried, and so when they found him, they said, "Jesus, how could you do this to us?" Look what it says here in Luke two forty six through forty eight. First, let me read this Exodus twelve fourteen it says, "So this day shall be to you a memorial, and you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord." Throughout your generations, you shall keep it as a feast by an everlasting ordinance. So the third day, look here, Luke two forty six 46 through 48. The next day, they found him in the temple, seated among the teachers, listening to them and asking questions. The teachers were all quite taken with him, impressed with the sharpness of his answers. But his parents were not that impressed. They were upset and hurt. His mother said, young man, why have you done this to us? Your father and I have been half out of our minds looking for you. And then here are the first recorded words of Jesus. Luke two forty nine. he said to them, why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? And then when you look at the definition of my father's business, it simply means the things of my father. So Jesus was focused on the spiritual things, the higher things. He was focused on the purpose for which God had sent him here. Luke two fifty one through 52, he says, then he went down. So, so after they got him, um, they, they went back to Nazareth with their parents. He then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject to them. But his mother kept all these things in her heart. And look what it says happened with Jesus. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature. He got taller and in favor with God and with men. So now it's 18 years later. Fast forward eighteen years, Jesus is now thirty, and here we haven't we haven 't heard anything from him for eighteen long years. Jesus is about thirty years old, and here he comes to the Jordan where John the Baptist has this ministry where he 's baptizing people in water for repentance of their sins, and here comes Jesus, and he sees John the Baptist, they lock eyes, and John the Baptist is having this experience like he had when his mother was pregnant with him and Mary was pregnant with Jesus. And and when when Mary and Elizabeth came together, John the Baptist leaped in his mother's womb because he knew he had come into contact with the Savior of the world. So here's this moment where he locks eyes with his cousin. Don't know if they'd seen each other. Don't know if they knew each other. You know, they had a close relationship, but they were cousins. And he sees Jesus come and he says, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Jesus comes up to John the Baptist and he said, I need to be baptized. And he said, no, I need to be baptized by you. He said, even so, let it be permitted. that We might fulfill all righteousness. And so Jesus was baptized in this moment in the Jordan. Could you imagine John's face as he puts the Savior of the world under the water, signifying his death, burial, and resurrection? And he rises up and at that moment, it says that the Holy Spirit descended upon him like a dove. And out of heaven you heard the Father's voice say, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. So right there we see the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit all in one place together. They're three, yet they're one. And So Jesus leaves from there. And it says immediately he's taken up by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And we know that he was tempted there for 40 days and 40 nights. We know that Adam was tempted in the garden and couldn't handle it. But Jesus was 40 days in the wilderness, and he was victorious over Satan. He fought him with the word. Every time he came with a thought that was against the knowledge of God, he'd say, it is written. Finally, he said, get him out of here. He said, get out of here, Satan. See, we got, we got to know that we have the same power and the same authority to talk to Satan like that. When he starts messing in your, in your life, in your business, in your stuff, in your kids' stuff, you got the right to say, get on out of here. And he has to obey your voice. Why? Because you're a child of God. you got to know who you are. you got to know what kind of authority you have. And you have the right to say, you're not going to get my kids. My kids are not going to be wrapped up in drug abuse. I bind you, Satan, in the name of Jesus. I take authority over you. You will not take my kids. You will not mess up my job. You, you get out of my money. You have the right to talk to him like he ain't nothing. You have all authority over him. Amen. So after Jesus had finished every temptation, you would think the first thing he'd do is just cruise through McDonald's, right? You want me a Happy Meal about now. But no, it says the very next thing that he did was that he he went to the temple, which was his custom. Luke. So he he goes into the temple. It It was his custom to go into the temple. And whenever it came time for someone to read, Jesus stood up. He was ready to read. So Jesus walks over and they handed him the scroll of Isaiah to read. So he takes the scroll of Isaiah and lays it on the table. And begins to roll it open. And it says that he found the place where it was written. Now just imagine. The Bible says the word became flesh. And dwelt among us. His name is Jesus. So here's the word in the flesh. Holding the word. And he rolls it open. And he finds the place where it's talking about him. Of course the whole thing is talking about him. Old Testament and New Testament. But this This is so important right here where he says, in Luke 4, 18 through 19, he says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. See, he understood his mission. Even at 12 years old, I must be about my father's business. Now that he's 30, he understands even more. He grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and with man. He knows even more now. I'm here on a mission. God's called me to do. He sent me here to do some specific things. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he rolls the scroll closed, hands it back to the attendant, Walks over and sits down and everyone's looking at him, waiting for him to comment on the scriptures because it was his turn to read and to comment on the scripture. When he sat down, he said, Today in your hearing, this scripture is fulfilled. Everybody's like, Oh yeah, yeah. Wait a minute. Ain't that Jesus? That Joseph's son, isn't that Mary's son, Jesus? Hold on, what this this scripture is talking about the Messiah. And this be fulfilled then they got offended because you know he said a prophet is not without honor except in his own hometown so um it said that he he had to slip through and get out of their midst because they they wanted they wanted to get him but he understood who he was look at john six thirty eight 38 it says for i have come down from heaven not to do my own will but the will of him who sent me luke twenty four forty four all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the psalms concerning me so the the old testament is christ concealed the new testament is christ revealed so all throughout the old testament god was god was talking about jesus and it, there were there were prophecies and things that were written that jesus had to fulfill and so now fast forward 21 years after that day when he was 12 years old, it's Passover week again. People are flooding in from everywhere to celebrate the Passover. And Jesus tells his disciples, go into the village. Go, go into this village and turn down this street and walk by this fence over by this house. And there you're going to find a donkey tied up with a colt next to it. Get them and bring them to me. And If anybody asks you what you're doing, just say the master has need of them. So they went and they found the donkey and the colt exactly like he said. Why? Because it said it in Scripture long before Jesus was ever born. So they went and got the donkey and the colt and they brought it to him. And and he got on that donkey and then he went into the city of Jerusalem where everyone was going in to get ready to celebrate the Passover. So this was a special Passover because this is the Passover where the Messiah Comes in and makes his triumphal entry into Jerusalem, which scripture had said for years and years would happen. And many people said, Hosanna, blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Many of them thought for a moment, this, this could be him. But they were expecting someone who'd come in and overthrow the Roman government who had taken over Jerusalem, who had taken over Israel. They wanted someone to come and free him from all this that was going on. But Jesus came to be the Savior first before he said, didn't recognize him. Some recognized him for a moment, but then But then they didn't. But hundreds of years before that Palm Sunday, it was written that this would happen. Zechariah 9, 9, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you, and he is just and having salvation, lowly and riding on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. So that was written in Zechariah hundreds of years before Jesus was even born, but he fulfilled it. He knew it was his mission. It was his mission to go into Jerusalem during that week. And that would be the last week that he would celebrate Passover. It would be the last week he would have what was called the Last Supper. And then he would suffer and die for our sins and then be raised from the dead. He had to fulfill it all. So that's what Palm Sunday was all about. But he's all through the Old Testament. In Genesis, he's the seed of the woman. In Exodus, he's the Passover lamb. In Leviticus, he's the high priest. Numbers, he's the cloud and the fire. Deuteronomy, he's the prophet like Moses. Joshua, he's the captain of our salvation. Judges, he's the righteous judge and lawgiver. In Ruth, He's the kinsman redeemer, praise God. He's fully man and fully God. Hallelujah. And first and second Samuel, he's the prophet of the Lord. First and second Kings, he's the reigning king. First and second chronicles, he's the glorious temple. Ezra, he's the faithful scribe. Nehemiah, he's the rebuilder of the broken walls. Esther, he's the intercessor. Job, he's the day spring from on high. Psalms, he's the He's the Lord, our shepherd. Proverbs. He's the wisdom of God. Song of Solomon. He's the lover and the bridegroom. Isaiah. He's the prince of peace. Jeremiah Lamentations. He's the weeping prophet. Ezekiel. He's the wheel within a wheel. And Daniel. He's the fourth man in the fiery furnace. Hosea. He's the bridegroom married to a, black, a, back, a backslidden woman. Joel. He's the baptizer with the Holy Spirit and fire. Amos. He's the burden bearer. Obadiah. The mighty save, savior. Jonah the forgiving God, Micah, the messenger with beautiful feet, Nahum, the avenger of God's elect, and Habakkuk, the great evangelist crying for revival, Zephaniah, he's the restorer of God's lost heritage, Haggai, he's the cleansing fountain, hallelujah, Zechariah, he's the merciful father, and Malachi, he's the son of righteousness with healing in his wings, John 17:4 through5, Jesus said, "I he was talking to the Father, He was praying. He said, "I glorified you on earth by completing, down to the last detail what you assigned me to do. And now, Father, glorify me with your very own splendor, the very splendor I had in your presence before there was a world." John 20: 20, 21 through22. So Jesus said to them again, "Peace to you. Look, listen to this, listen to this. It's very important. You ready? You ready? So Jesus said to them again, Peace to you as the Father has sent me, I also send you. So just as Jesus was sent to fulfill every last dot and tittle, to, to cross every T and dot every I, He came to fulfill every bit of Scripture. He came to fulfill the reason that God had sent Him. Just like the Father sent me, now I'm sending you. Not just the disciples, but he was talking to all of us at that moment, that he sent all of us. He picked us to be born at this time in the earth, to be at this church, getting this word. It's no coincidence that you're here. I know it was no coincidence that I was under the pastor that I was for the first three and a half years I was. Because he taught me how to use my faith. Then he put me under Bishop Hilliard. It's no accident. Why? Because he he's teaching me how to use my faith. Amen? So I know God has put me here to teach others how to use their faith. I know that's my purpose. I know that's my assignment from God. Hallelujah. And it's a good feeling to know your purpose. It's a really good feeling. So you can hit, you're not shooting in the dark. I know what he's called me to do, and I can be about it. Amen? All right. So number two, sent by Jesus, my God purpose. What's purpose? Purpose is the reason for which something is done or created or exists. Number one, sent by Jesus, my God purpose, number one, is always increasing in knowing God. Always increasing in knowing God. It's about the Father's business. It's the Father's business to always be increasing in knowing Him, knowing Him better, knowing Him in, a, in another way. But Pastor Robert, could you give me that stool right there? I want to sit down and preach today. It's about knowing God better. Look at, um, look at uh, Philippians 3.10. This is Paul. He says, For my determined purpose is that I may know him. Thank you. That I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him. Wow, that's powerful. Did y'all hear that? He said, Paul said, This is my determined purpose, that I may know him, that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly. It's progressive. How many of you know it's progressive? The longer you walk with God, if you just don't quit, you'll see a side of God you didn't see before. You'll see that he, he is a, a, a God that you, that you didn't know he could do something. You know, he takes you through some stuff you never think you'll get through. He walks you through it. Even the valley of the shadow of death, we don't have to fear because he's with us. Amen. And you know Him. When you come out of a situation where you were sick and needed to be healed and you made it through, you're like, I know Him as my healer now. I know Him. I know Him. I know Him as the one who's, who reveals to me like Scripture. When I get like a revelation from God, I'm like, God, You're the God who reveals stuff to me. Just walking along and He just drops something on you. Just to know another side of Him is is one of the most wonderful things. But that's the Father's business, that I would always be increasing. Amen. That's why it's important that I, I have a relationship with him and his word. That I'm constantly reading his word. When I read his word, I hear, that's how he talks to me. That's how I get to know him. That's one of the best ways you get to know God is by reading his word. Because when you read it, it reads you back. Oh, amen. Number two. So number one is, is one of my purposes is to always increase in knowing God. And number two is to live a life surrendered to Him. That's the Father's business. You know, our life is not our own. He has the right to tell us what to do. Let that sink in for just a minute. Because, you know, I can't just decide I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. You know, it has to line up with His Word. I have to put, you know, the thing about Jesus is that He had things in the right priority. God's got to be first. And decisions that I make, places that I go, things that I do, it all is based on that that one that relationship with God. What does His Word say about this? Surrender to Him. He has the right to tell me what to do. Look at this Romans twelve one through 2. So here's what I want you to do, God helping you. Take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life. Come on, everything you do every day. And place it before God as an offering so back up to the part where it says you'll be changed from the inside out. Underline this part. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Don't ignore the voice of the Holy Spirit. Because when you do that, he's like, he is like a gentleman. He steps back. He's not going to force you. You work with him. Amen? Quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. That's part of the fruit that we're wanting to grow this year is that we mature, that we go to another level. That's why I'm encouraging everybody to get in class. Get in firm foundations. If you haven't gone through firm foundation, get in class and go through firm foundations. You might say, well, I already know that stuff. Well, it wouldn't hurt a bit to stir it up. The word never gets old. Psalm 1611, it says, you will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. Amen. So I, I live my life, surrender to him, and he leads me. He shows me the way of life. And, and in his presence is fullness of joy. At his right hand, pleasures forevermore. Amen, amen, amen. All right, number three. Seek to find out the will of God for your life. And that's what leadership is all about. Everybody who's finished Firm Foundation, you want to go into leadership so we can help you seek to find out the will of God for your life. Serving God. I'm talking about your higher purpose. You have a purpose to be, if you're married, a good husband or a good wife or a good parent or a good grandparent or aunt or uncle or brother or sister or daughter or son, whatever you are, you know, or whatever your job is, you know, that's part of your purpose is to be the best at whatever it is that, you, that you're called to do or to be. Amen? That's in the natural. But you also have a spiritual purpose. There are some gifts in you that you may not be aware of yet. We might have some teachers in here. Some preachers in here. There might be some pastors. Some evangelists. Amen? Some apostles. Might be some singers in here. Might be some that just have the gift of connecting with people might be some people who, who love to show mercy. We're not sure what your gifts are. Um, you know, for the Flores family, one of their gifts is that they love hospitality and they love serving and they come in and they make the tacos on Sunday morning. That's their way of serving and giving back and ministering to you. Amen. So, you know, find out what your ministry is and then get about it. Get up. i got to be about the Father's business. Amen. I'm not here to just soak up I'm here, to, I'm here not just to be a reservoir, but I'm a conduit that can do it. I'm here to be, to be God's hand extended. Amen. And that's what the church is all about, is, is finding your God purpose and serving. Ephesians 2.10, it says, For we are God's masterpiece. I love that. Turn to your neighbor and say, You're a masterpiece. a masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. Look at this. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Just like he told Jeremiah, he said, before you were in your mother's womb, I knew you. I knew you and I called you to be a prophet for the nations." So before you were ever in your mother's womb, God called you and he put some stuff in you. Some stuff that he planned long ago before he ever sent you to this earth. It's a good thing to find out what those things are. The day that that, uh, Dr. Frederick Casey Price spoke a prophetic word over me, I knew my purpose. I knew my purpose. And I've fought hell to still be doing my purpose. But here I am. I'm still doing it. Amen. So you find out what your purpose is, come hell or high water. Abraham, it was to make a baby and become a great nation. Took 20 years for that to happen, but he was faithful, amen, and in the end, he got what it was he was supposed to be, so I know what I'm supposed to be doing, I just keep doing it, amen, just keep doing it, just keep doing it, just keep doing it, and don't quit, run with endurance, John fifteen sixteen. it says, you didn't choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should remain. That's why on the inside of your bracelets, it says chosen 2019. So you don't forget that he chose you for this year. He chose you to bear some fruit for this year. So you don't forget that. Amen. Philippians 2, 13, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Amen. So he's working in you and um, he's given you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. So his will for your life there's power there for it, and he's going to give you the desire to do it. We just have to say yes to God. You've got to say yes all day, every day. You know, I've got a yes in the morning, a yes in noontime, and a yes all night long. Amen? Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. How could we say no? Go talk to Jonah about saying no. You know, sometimes you just got to preach mad. Jonah went. He was mad, but he preached. He obeyed. (laughs) Do it mad, but just do it. You don't want God to prepare a fish for you. (laughs) Amen. All right. So he gives you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Number four, this is so important. Realize that you are a critical part of the plan of God. See, the devil comes to tell us and say, it doesn't really matter if you're there. It doesn't really matter if you serve. Remember that your part is critical. Just like you know, he calls the church the body of Christ. Look at your body. Is there any part that you'd be willing to part with today?
1: Well.
0: <laughs> you are hilarious. <laughs> she said, "You ass." I'm just saying. No, but I'm. But but I'm just saying. You know, you wouldn't want to live without your pinky. You think your pinky's not that important, but try to live without that pinky or your big toe or even your little toe. I want all my parts. Amen? And the same way with the church where the body of Christ, He wants all His parts. He wants all of us doing what He's called us to do. So we surrender to God and we say, Yes, Lord, I know that my part is important. It may not seem that important that we greet people at the front door. You know the, the emotion that people feel more than anything when they come into a new church? Fear. Will there be anybody like me? Will they even like me at all? Will there be anybody there that will want to talk to me? Fear is the biggest emotion that people fear when they come in the front door of a church. And so that's why we have such happy greeters and why we're looking for more happy greeters who will just stand there and just say, good morning and welcome. You look so pretty. What's your name? This is, you know, and, and shake their hand. Look them in the eye. That's important. That, that is one of the most important jobs that we do. So listen, as y'all get get a, a download from God today, talk to Jennifer about where she can plug you in. She's got money. She tries to do everything herself. She would run and greet and do the PowerPoint and do the children and cook tacos. She would do it all if we let her. But but it's not meant for her to do it all. It's meant for her to make sure there's plenty of enough people to do it, but she's so faithful to stand in the gap. Lord knows, I can't wait to see her mansion in heaven because she's so faithful to stand in the gap. She's so faithful to do whatever needs to be done and make sure that I don't have to worry about it. Amen. So I'm asking y'all, take some off of her and just step up and serve in any way that you can. Amen. Everybody say amen. amen. All right, praise the Lord. Let me see where I was right here. Yeah, First Corinthians twelve eighteen. But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased. So God set you here. He set you in the body of Christ in this place, in this church. So it's pleased him to set you here. So you've got a, a purpose and a destiny to begin to let God pour out through you. He did not; He's not pouring in so that it can just be a reservoir and you can just get full. That's called the dead sea. In Israel, there's a place called the Dead Sea where water runs in, but it doesn't run out. Do you know that nothing lives in the Dead Sea? You can float on the Dead Sea. You can't even make yourself drown in the Dead Sea because it's so thick with um, uh, salt that it's, it's, you, you can't make yourself even sink. Have you all heard about the Dead Sea? Raise your hand if you've heard about it. Yeah, the Dead Sea is over there in Israel. And and it's because water flows in, but it doesn't flow out. Water that's not moving becomes stagnant. So you don't want to be stagnant. Stagnant water is gross.
1: Stagnant water is gross.
0: So we want to be not a reservoir, but we want to be a place where God can flow out. And there's a joy that comes with it that you'll miss out on in your life that you cannot get any other way. Lord, I'm submitted to you. I am serving you. I'm here serving people, but, God, you're the one. I'm serving as if every person were, was you. We serve as unto the Lord. Everything that we do, we do it with excellence. We give it our best. He says, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. Amen. So we're submitted to Him. I'm surrendered to you. I want to fulfill everything that you've called me to do. Jesus said in Matthew 16:18, "On this rock, I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it." So every issue, every problem that I go through, it's an opportunity for God to be glorified. You know that our life is the stage where God gets glory? When God sees you going through a problem, he says, oh, good, this is where I do my best work. Right here is where I'm going to show up and show out. You know, it's because, you know, Daniel was in the lion's den that we hear that God delivered him. Amen? Because there was an opportunity for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to be thrown into a fiery furnace that we see that he got in and walked around the fire with him. There's a problem where where they were going to kill all the Jewish people. That's why we know about Esther. That's why we know about her, because there was a problem. There was an issue that they were sent to overcome. Amen. And God was with them in it. So when you find yourself in an issue, you find yourself in a problem, you say, come on, God, let's do this. Yes. Amen. Yes. All right. Jeremiah twenty nine Here's what God says about it. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. In other words, come on, come through this. Keep your eyes on me. I'm going to get you through this. I'm going to get you through this. And somehow I'll be glorified in this. Decide. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. Though none go with me, still I will follow. No turning back, no turning back. When you come into the family of God, there's some people who will automatically just shake off your life because they're not wanting to go the way that you're going. But you have to be so determined. You know what? Just as determined as Jesus was to make it to that cross for his destiny to die for you and me. We have to be just as determined. I'm here to follow. I'm here to follow in your footsteps, Jesus. And there are people who will not make the cut. And you've got to be willing to just keep going. Jesus, I didn't come to turn around and go back. That's called Lot. Lot and Abraham. God said, get away from everybody. <laughs> everybody you know. What is Lot doing with you, Abraham? <laughs> and so Lot had to be shaken off along the way. So there's some people who are not going to make it. But you have to decide. I have decided to follow Jesus. The Bible says once you put your hand to the plow... You can't look back. I'm here to plow for Jesus. I'm not my own. I'm bought with a price. Do we get that? That, that he has the right to, to have my life. Amen. Number five. Be empowered to share the good news with others. He's given us the power of the Holy Spirit. We, taught, we sang that song this morning. Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. I'm always amazed at Tamar the way that she ministers and the songs that she chooses are always right in, line, right in line with what the Holy Spirit is saying. Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. He's welcome. We, we want to just be comfortable instead of being powerful. Sometimes being powerful is uncomfortable. But He's empowered us to be powerful. We have the power of the Holy Spirit. Acts 1.8, He said, But you shall receive what? Power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and Judea and to Samaria and to the end of the earth. He empowered us with the Holy Spirit in order to be a witness, in order to share your faith. You know, for me, I share mine all the time. I share what Jesus did for me. You know, I was 31 years old when I knelt down in my closet, and I just said, I'm through running. You can have my life. Now, that's my testimony. What is yours? How old were you? Where were you? I can take you to the spot on the carpet where I, I, I gave my life to Christ. I can, t- I can show you the very place where I was. What's your story? Where were you? What were you doing? How did he change your life? That's your story. And you're just called to be a witness. What does a witness do? A witness tells what they know firsthand. Firsthand account. See that's what that's what makes it so powerful because you know once you have an experience you are never at the argument of somebody with a with with just a story I mean just a, 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 a what what is it a theological argument yeah you come too late you come too late to tell me I've had an experience with him right. and so what what's your story where were you when you gave your heart to Christ were you in church what happened to your life since you received him since you began serving him. Just tell somebody about the good news. Do what Jesus did. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Buy somebody's coffee and just give them a track. Or give them a card to the church or give them an Easter invite. Just give it to the... You can even just give it... You know, if, you, if, you, if you're a chicken. <laughs> you know, And sometimes fear overcomes us whenever we think about sharing because we think we're going to be rejected. That's okay. Jesus said that's what's going to happen. He said, go and preach the gospel to every creature. Some are going to believe and be saved and some won't and it'll be damned. So he's already letting you know ahead of time. Some are going to believe and some are not. But you just be faithful to plant a seed or to water. Because you might have planted a seed. Somebody else is going to come along and water it. You just have to know there's power in it. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the power of salvation. So if you're chicken... Then just give the card to the to the clerk at Starbucks or wherever you are and say, just I'm paying for their coffee, just give this to them. Be creative. It's your ministry. We each have a ministry. Amen. All right, where are we? For, uh, John fourteen twelve. We're almost done. The message Bible says, The person who trusts me will not only will not only do what I'm doing, but even greater things, because I, on my way to the Father, and giving you the same work to do that I've been doing. You can count on it. Wow, that's powerful. Jesus went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. We got good news. Philippians 2.15, it says, Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. People might be crooked and perverse, you just shine even brighter. Amen. There's a joy that you receive when you share Christ, when you share your story of what he's done for you that you cannot get anywhere else. It is the ultimate fulfillment. When you know you made an eternal difference in someone's life. I see people on Facebook all the time That I know that I know that because I got involved in their lives, because I shared my testimony, because I gave one girl my car to drive when she didn't have a car to drive, I gave her my car to drive. I showed her what Christ was all about. She's serving God to this day. She's not serving God with me. She still lives in the same town. But she's serving God, and I know that I'm, I'm the one who told her about Jesus. I'm the one who led her to Christ. I prayed with her. I, I prayed with people on my living room floor. They 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 fell out in the Holy Spirit right on my living room floor. But I got them saved, Amen. And I see them on Facebook, and I see them living their lives. I'm like, yes. Even after all these years, man, there's a joy that comes with that you can't get anywhere else, Amen. So Jesus had sent seventy people out. He gave them power over unclean spirits. He gave them to say, "Go use my name." Freely you've received freely give. You know, your testimony can be like the man who was blind. He said, I don't know anything else except that once I was blind, and now I see. You can preach a real simple message. Amen? Amen. Alright, so Luke 10, 17. Then the 70 return with joy, saying, Lord. They return with what? Joy. They return with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Luke 14, 23, Jesus said, go out into the highways and the hedges, and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. Matthew 28, 19. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And Proverbs eleven thirty says, The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. Come on, it's barren fruit. And he who wins souls is wise. You know, just say, God, I know you put me here to win souls. Make me wise," he says. Any of, any of us who ask for anybody who asks for wisdom, he said, "Let him ask the giving God. Anybody who want, lacks wisdom in area, let him ask the giving God, who gives liberally to all without reproach. He'll give you wisdom to be a soul winner." Amen. Now look, we have all these left over. All these plus there's a, a big stack back there and another stack up front invite people to come on Easter Sunday. That's what these are for. They've all been anointed with oil. I believe they carry the power of the Holy Spirit on the very paper. Amen? If Paul could put his anointing on on handkerchiefs, I believe the anointing goes on the actual paper. Amen? So invite people. Just invite them. Jesus said the fields are already white for harvest. They're already ready. Don't be afraid of them. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of their faces. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you've given us an assignment, that you've given us a, a a reason and a purpose for being here, for this time that we're here on the earth, God, that we're chosen. We've been chosen by you, anointed, appointed, and set here, set, scheduled for the earth in this year. So, God, we just ask you to help us to bear fruit, let our fruit remain, God, that we're about your business That we are aware of it. That you make us aware of it. Lord, Holy Spirit, we ask you to fill us right now. Just lift up your hands, everybody in the room. Say, Holy Spirit, fill me. In fact, say, Jesus, you are the baptizer. I ask you to baptize me with the Holy Spirit and fire right now. So I declare that I am a witness, even to the ends of the earth. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, Father, I thank you that we've heard your word today. And Lord, it's gone on the good ground of our heart. And Lord, we thank you that today we will bear fruit, a hundredfold return in Jesus' name. Well, maybe you're here with our eyes closed and our heads bowed. You'd say, Pastor Sally, I'm not right with God. I want to be right with God, but I'm not right with God. I'm going to lead you in a real simple prayer. And if you mean it in your heart, everything will change. Your name will be written in the Lamb's Book of Life. You'll become a child of God, born again. So just simply say this prayer with me. Say, Father, I confess to you that I am a sinner. I have messed up, sometimes on purpose, and sometimes I'm sure I just didn't know. But I'm sorry for my sins. Jesus, come into my heart. Be the Lord of my life. Teach me. Guide me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I'm trusting you alone to save me. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer and you meant it in your heart, if you would, just take that card. We worship you this morning for you're worthy of our praise. You are worthy, the Lamb of God. You are worthy of our praise. Lord, we worship you with all our heart, our soul, our mind, our strength. We give you praise and glory. Lift up your hand and just say, I love you, Lord. I love you you this morning, your presence. I need your presence in every area of my life. I need your presence. I need you. Just say, I need you, Lord. I need you. I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord. I need you. I need you. I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord. Holy Spirit, you're welcome. You're welcome in this place. You're welcome in this church. You're welcome to have your way. Speak to us today. Holy Spirit, you are the teacher. We ask you to teach our hearts. Teach us, guide us. Your rod and your staff comforts us. Your word is a guide, a lamp to our feet and a light for our path. Thank you, Lord. Make your word plain this morning. Make the complex simple. As we hear your word this morning, we declare that our hearts are open and our minds are alert and we're ready to receive the implanted word and we declare a hundredfold return and all that shall be planted in the house of God today. We bless you. We honor you. Today is Palm Sunday. So let's just lift up our palms, lift up our hands before the Lord and say, Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. You are the King of kings and you are the Lord of lords. You are Jesus, the Son of God, the Messiah, the Lamb of God, who's taken away the sins of the world, the Lion of the tribe of Judah. You're the lily in every valley, and we worship you this morning. We glorify you. We acknowledge you as the King over our lives, the King over absolutely everything. You are the King over this church. You are the king over our jobs. You're the king over our families. You're the king over absolutely everything. We relinquish any any place where we've sat on the throne. We get off of it this morning. We say, Jesus, have a seat. We love you and we bless you. We honor you in the mighty name of Jesus. Everybody shout amen this morning. Amen. Come on, say it again. Say hallelujah. 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 Glory. Glory, glory. Would you turn and greet us? That's our theme for the entire year So you want to just keep that on your wrist to just remind yourself, God's called me to bear fruit, that I'm supposed to be bearing fruit. Amen. And uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that in the message, but everyone's got your welcome packet at this time. All right, if you're here for the very first time. On the inside of your welcome packet, there is a a connection card. If you would, just pull that out. You're going to find an offering envelope and a connection card. Two of these little items right here. Just set the envelope to the side. We're going to receive our offering at the end of service. But if you would, at this time, you're here for the very first time, we'd like for you to just fill out what we call a connection card so that we have your information and a record of you being here. And if you would, just hold on to it until the end of service, and we're going to receive our – when we receive our offering at the end of the service, you can just slip it in the basket at that time. But hold on to it because we have some more information information for you um, right before service is over for you to add to that card just in case. All right. Well, let's look at our announcements for this morning. Um, very few. We uh, we had a wonderful time Friday night at the movie. <laughs> Breakthrough. Was it everything I said, y'all, or what? How many of you cried? Tell the truth. Raise your hand. I saw it for the second time, and I cried. <laughs> it was so good. when She's saying, nah, I don't understand. I don't understand. When she said that, I'm the man. Can you, who can identify with that? Who's been through something where you said, I don't understand? I don't get this. I don't understand this. But how many of you, God helped you through it? Amen. Still may not understand. I like the old song that says, we'll understand it better Bye. by and by. By and by when the morning comes. <laughs> Amen. We will, how would that go? By and by when the morning comes. All the saints of God are gathered home. We'll tell the story of how we've overcome. And we'll understand it better by and by. Those old hymns, I'm telling you, there's nothing to minister to you like those old hymns. Amen. Amen. So praise the Lord. Um, The movie was amazing. Can y'all help me to appreciate Minister Murray for making sure that we all went. (laughs) He just gave a Pope wave. He just gave a Pope wave. Yeah. So we do appreciate you. Honey, we, what's that? Oh yeah, he. T- I told him. I said, "Why did you say that? Now you got to take everybody to Disney World." He said, "It was just a joke." I'm like, "Were well, you gonna be the one to tell him, not me?" <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. That is true. That is true. I would. I would really like to go on a church trip to the Ark in Kentucky. The Ark Experience. Oh, wouldn't that be awesome? Somebody actually built the whole Ark, and you can go get on it. And, and walk on the ark and see how big it is and see how it would be possible that that, that, that actually did happen. That'd be fun. Well, that's just a desire of my heart. Um, Disney's on the back burner, and that one's on the front. Okay? All right. So praise the Lord. All right. Well, today is Palm Sunday. Excited about that, and we'll talk a little bit about that in my message. But ladies, if you have not yet registered for Women Who Win, I believe this is the last week to register. We've got to get you there this year. It is going to be amazing. Let's play that commercial. All right, ladies, you do not want to miss this conference this year. We've been praying every morning on the prayer call about this conference, and I just believe that God is going to do something phenomenal. I know there will be an impartation of faith because that's what that's what they do. Amen? Is, is they are a, a, a assign, Their assignment is to teach people to use their faith and to win in life <clears throat> through using your faith. Amen? And so I believe women are going to go back to their, their states because they're coming from all over the world. I mean, we have even some that come all the way from Africa. To just to come to this conference they get on a plane they book their hotels they travel all the way and look we're so lucky it's right here in our city we don't have to get on an airplane to ride we don't have to pack a suitcase all we have to do is get dressed get ready and let's just go to Greens Point so Jennifer we're planning on going as a group and uh, so talk about that what do we need to do Okay, so anyone who has not signed up yet, should they see you today after church? Okay, see Jennifer today after church. You can sign up with us, and we can get you, um, we can, we can get you in. Yep. Okay? So sign up today. Be a part of it. Are we hot? I see some people fanning. Do we need to turn the AC on? No? We're good? We're good? So far, so <laughs> All right, well... This is one of the most exciting times of, uh, of any Sunday that we do, and that is when we graduate people from Firm Foundation. So would you all help me to congratulate Pastor Carolyn? Would you come on up? Pastor Carolyn teaches Firm Foundation on Sunday mornings, and it is just phenomenal. It gives you a, a foundation in God's Word. Jesus said the wise man digs deep and builds his house on the Word. He said that's the man who hears these sayings of mine and does them. So that is, that is the person who is a wise man who, who builds his house on the rock. And when the storms come and when the water beats against that house, he says that it will stand for it's well built on the rock. And so that's what Pastor Carolyn does. She teaches firm foundation, the principles that we live on. She teaches those every Sunday morning at 930-ish. We're getting more than Important, amen? So you come to leadership development so that you can learn what your spiritual gifts are. We're going to give you a spiritual giftings test. So that there's no wrong answers, you'll find out what your spiritual gifts are and how to use them in the church. That's what God called the church to do. Amen. 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 Praise God. All right. Well, y'all ready for the word? Yes. All right. Let's get started. Everybody got your note sheet. We're going to honor the word right now and just honor that the, the, the logo logos, the written word, and also the rainbow word is going to be coming across the pulpit this morning. You know what? You ought not miss one Sunday where the Word is coming across the pulpit to you because God makes it. He custom-tailors every message for everybody. So it's like just for you. You'll hear a part and somebody else will hear, hear a part that's meant just for them. But this is, this is God's Word. It's alive. It's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It's, it's, it's the only thing that's able to get between your soul and your spirit. There's no other spiritual nourishment just like our body requires food, you have to have certain nutrients. I heard about a lady who had a surgery, had that gastric bypass surgery on her stomach, and she didn't eat for like a, a, like a couple of days. She didn't have anything. And uh, it caused her stuff to get so off, the chemicals in her body got so off that she couldn't walk. She couldn't make her mouth talk and say what she wanted to say. So, so how many of you know natural nutrients are important? Spiritual nutrient is just as important. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So we need the Word of God if we're going to live a big spiritual life. Amen? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So the Word is all in our note sheet this morning. It becomes a study guide for you to use all week long. So let's make this declaration of our faith. Hold it up and let's honor the Word. Say, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because He has anointed me to hear and apply his word. I'm about to know better so that I may do better, have better, and be better. I am becoming everything God has destined me to be. I am becoming everything the devil fears I'll be. I'm becoming everything the haters say I could never be. So after today, I will never be the same in Jesus' name. Come on, slap three people, high five, and say it's about the Father's business. Amen. So open up your note sheet and let's get started. God's going to cause the complex to be made simple. He is the teacher of the word this morning. He is the one who brings all things that he says to our remembrance. So I declare that during this time that the Holy Spirit is free to talk to you. Amen. I declare that your spiritual ears are open. Your spiritual eyes are open. And the Lord is about to talk to you. Amen. All right. So here we are. We are in uh, tremendous fruitfulness. This entire year we are focused on being fruitful and being, um, and being tremendously fruitful for really pressing in to go to another level of fruitfulness. Amen. We might be bearing fruit in one area, but maybe this other area we're not. We want to identify those areas with the help of the Holy Spirit And begin to bear fruit in every area. Amen. All right. So so during the month of April, our our topic is about the Father's business in April. Amen. So here's where that comes from. The Father's business. It was the week of Passover. And that was... um, When Jesus was 12 years old, his family, as with all families, they would all, all the children of Israel, they would come from wherever they lived. Jesus lived in Nazareth, so they would come in caravans, and they would make their way into Jerusalem every year at Passover, for the week of Passover. They would spend their time preparing, getting a a lamb to sacrifice, making sure that they had all the the elements to eat the Passover together. They would have to have the bitter herbs, and they would have to have the unleavened bread for that whole week. They didn't put leaven in their bread. They Unleavened bread to remind them of the bitter bondage that they were in when they were in Israel. Passover is the celebration of the children of Israel being led out of bondage and out of slavery in Egypt. Amen. So they would come every year and God said, look in Exodus 1214 So look at Passover, the definition of Passover the spring feast kept by the children of Israel to celebrate the exodus from slavery in Egypt. For four hundred years they had been held captive in Egypt, but they came out. God brought them out with a mighty hand. He opened up the Red Sea and brought them out and brought them into their own land. And so now every year, no matter where they lived in Israel, they would would make their way every year back to Jerusalem because God said, you shall keep this feast, this Passover feast as an everlasting ordinance. In other words, until the end of time, you're going to keep this feast called passover. So everybody took that very seriously. Jews took the law of God very seriously. So every family would make their way there, bring their lamb with them and they would they would celebrate the passover together. So for for Jesus family when he was 12 years old, by this time he's probably got brothers and sisters and and uh, they're coming, they're coming in from out of town in big caravans and You know, with cousins and neighbors and, you know, kids that they played together with too. So they get into Jerusalem. They celebrate the Passover. Then Mary and Joseph, you know, get in the caravan to leave just supposing Jesus was with them. They get a whole day's journey out and realize Jesus is not with them. Can you imagine the terror in their hearts? Have you ever lost your kid for just a minute? That's the scariest minute you can ever live. And uh, I remember I was babysitting uh, somebody's child one time. She was three years old and was at a big balloon rally. And uh, she slipped in between one of the rows of balloons, and I lost her. I looked around, and she was not there. I'm like, where's Jessica? I thought she was with you. Well, I thought she was with you. She she had slipped in between, and, and luckily I was able to find her quick enough. But that is a scary moment. Can you imagine how upset they were? They couldn't find him for a whole day. They made the trip back to Jerusalem. Took them took them a day, and once they got to Jerusalem, they looked for a whole nother day, and then once once um, they found him, it was the, it was three days before they found him. They were out of their minds, worried, and so when they found him, they said, "Jesus, how could you do this to us?" Look what it says here in Luke two forty six through forty eight. First, let me read this Exodus twelve fourteen it says, "So this day shall be to you a memorial, and you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord." Throughout your generations, you shall keep it as a feast by an everlasting ordinance. So the third day, look here, Luke two forty six 46 through 48. The next day, they found him in the temple, seated among the teachers, listening to them and asking questions. The teachers were all quite taken with him, impressed with the sharpness of his answers. But his parents were not that impressed. They were upset and hurt. His mother said, young man, why have you done this to us? Your father and I have been half out of our minds looking for you. And then here are the first recorded words of Jesus. Luke two forty nine. he said to them, why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? And then when you look at the definition of my father's business, it simply means the things of my father. So Jesus was focused on the spiritual things, the higher things. He was focused on the purpose for which God had sent him here. Luke 2, through 52, he says, then he went down. So, so after they got him, um, they, they went back to Nazareth with their parents. And says, then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject to them. But his mother kept all these things in her heart. And look what it says happened with Jesus. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature. He got taller and in favor with God and with men. So now it's 18 years later. Let's fast forward eighteen years, Jesus is now thirty, and here we haven't we haven 't heard anything from him for eighteen long years. Jesus is about thirty years old, and here he comes to the Jordan where John the Baptist has this ministry where he 's baptizing people in water for repentance of their sins, and here comes Jesus, and he sees John the Baptist, they lock eyes, and John the Baptist is having this experience like he had when his mother was pregnant with him and Mary was pregnant with Jesus. And and when when Mary and Elizabeth came together, John the Baptist leaped in his mother's womb because he knew he had come into contact with the Savior of the world. So here's this moment where he locks eyes with his cousin. Don't know if they'd seen each other. Don't know if they knew each other. You know, they had a close relationship, but they were cousins. And he sees Jesus come and he says, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Jesus comes up to John the Baptist and he said, I need to be baptized. And he said, no, I need to be baptized by you. He said, even so, let it be permitted. that We might fulfill all righteousness. And so Jesus was baptized in this moment in the Jordan. Could you imagine John's face as he puts the Savior of the world under the water, signifying his death, burial, and resurrection? And he rises up and at that moment, it says that the Holy Spirit descended upon him like a dove. And out of heaven you heard the Father's voice say, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. So right there we see the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit all in one place together. They're three, yet they're one. And So Jesus leaves from there. And it says immediately he's taken up by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And we know that he was tempted there for 40 days and 40 nights. We know that Adam was tempted in the garden and couldn't handle it. But Jesus was 40 days in the wilderness, and he was victorious over Satan. He fought him with the word. Every time he came with a thought that was against the knowledge of God, he'd say, it is written. Finally, he said, get him out of here. You say, get out of here, Satan. Say, we, uh, we got to know that we have the same power and the same authority to talk to Satan like that. When he starts messing in your, in your life, in your business, in your stuff, in your kids' stuff, you got the right to say, get on out of here. And he has to obey your voice. Why? Because you're a child of God. You got to know who you are. You got to know what kind of authority you have. And you have the right to say, you're not going to get my kids. My kids are not going to be wrapped up in drug abuse. I bind you, Satan, in the name of Jesus. I take authority over you. You will not take my kids. You will not mess up my job. You, you get out of my money. You have the right to talk to him like he ain't nothing. You have all authority over him. Amen. So after Jesus had finished every temptation, you would think the first thing he'd do is just cruise through McDonald's, right? You want me a Happy Meal about now. But no, it says the very next thing that he did was that he he went to the temple, which was his custom. Luke, so he he goes into the temple. It It was his custom to go into the temple. And whenever it came time for someone to read, Jesus stood up. He was ready to read. So Jesus walks over and they handed him the scroll of Isaiah to read. So he takes the scroll of Isaiah and lays it on the table. And begins to roll it open. And it says that he found the place where it was written. Now just imagine. The Bible says the word became flesh. And dwelt among us. His name is Jesus. So here's the word in the flesh. Holding the word. And he rolls it open. And he finds the place where it's talking about him. Of course the whole thing is talking about him. Old Testament and New Testament. But this This is so important right here where he says, in Luke 4, 18-19, he says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. See, he understood his mission. Even at 12 years old, I must be about my father's business. Now that he's 30, he understands even more. He grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and with man. He knows even more now. I'm here on a mission. God's called me to do. He sent me here to do some specific things. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he rolls the scroll closed, hands it back to the attendant, Walks over and sits down, and everyone's looking at him, waiting for him to comment on the scriptures because it was his turn to read and to comment on the scripture. When he sat down, he said, "Today, in your hearing, this scripture is fulfilled." Everybody's like, "Oh yeah, yeah. Wait a minute. Ain't that Jesus? That Joseph's son? Isn't that Mary's son, Jesus? Hold on. What this this scripture is talking about the Messiah?" How can this be fulfilled? Then they got offended because you know he said a prophet is not without honor except in his own hometown. So um, it said that he he had to slip through and get out of their midst because they they wanted they wanted to get him, but he understood who he was. Look at John six thirty eight says for I have come down from heaven not to do my own will but the will of him who sent me. Luke twenty four forty four all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. So the, the Old Testament is Christ concealed. The New Testament is Christ revealed. So all throughout the Old Testament, God was, God was talking about Jesus. And it, there, were, there were prophecies and things that were written that Jesus had to fulfill. And so now, fast forward 21 years after that day when he was 12 years old, it's Passover week again. People are flooding in from everywhere to celebrate the Passover. And Jesus tells his disciples, go into the village. Go go into this village and turn down this street and walk by this fence over by this house. And there you're going to find a donkey tied up with a colt next to it. Get them and bring them to me. If anybody asks you what you're doing, just say the master has need of them. So they went and they found the donkey and the colt exactly like he said. Why? Because it said it in Scripture long before Jesus was ever born. So they went and got the donkey and the colt and they brought it to him. And and he got on that donkey and then he went into the city of Jerusalem where everyone was going in to get ready to celebrate the Passover. So this was a special Passover because this is the Passover where the Messiah comes in and makes his triumphal entry into Jerusalem, which Scripture had said for years and years would happen. And many people said, Hosanna, blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Many of them thought for a moment, this this could be him. But they were expecting someone who'd come in and overthrow the Roman government, who had taken over Jerusalem, who had taken over Israel. They wanted someone to come and free them from all this that was going on. But Jesus came to be the Savior first. Before he didn't recognize him. Some recognized him for a moment, but then... But then they didn't. But hundreds of years before that Palm Sunday, it was written that this would happen. Zechariah 9, nine. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you, and he is just and having salvation, lowly and riding on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. So that was written in Zechariah hundreds of years before Jesus was even born, but he fulfilled it. He knew it was his mission. It was his mission to go into Jerusalem during that week. And that would be the last week that he would celebrate Passover. It would be the last week he would have what was called the Last Supper. And then he would suffer and die for our sins and then be raised from the dead. He had to fulfill it all. So that's what Palm Sunday was all about. But he's all through the Old Testament. In Genesis, he's the seed of the woman. In Exodus, he's the Passover lamb. In Leviticus, he's the high priest. Numbers... He's the cloud and the fire Deuteronomy he's the prophet like Moses Joshua he's the captain of our salvation Judges he's the righteous judge and lawgiver in Ruth he's the kinsman redeemer praise God he's fully man and fully God hallelujah And 1st and 2nd Samuel he's the prophet of the Lord 1st and 2nd Kings he's the reigning king 1st and 2nd Chronicles he's the glorious temple Ezra he's the faithful scribe Nehemiah he's the rebuilder of the broken walls Esther He's the intercessor. Job, he's the day spring from on high. Psalms. He's the Lord, our shepherd. Proverbs. He's the wisdom of God. Song of Solomon. He's the lover and the bridegroom. Isaiah. He's the prince of peace. Jeremiah Lamentations. He's the weeping prophet. Ezekiel. He's the wheel within a wheel. And Daniel. He's the fourth man in the fiery furnace. Hosea. He's the bridegroom married to a a backslidden woman. Joel. He's the baptizer with the Holy Spirit and fire. Amos. He's the burden bearer. Obadiah. The mighty savior. Jonah the forgiving God, Micah, the messenger with beautiful feet, Nahum, the avenger of God's elect, and Habakkuk, the great evangelist crying for revival, Zephaniah, he's the restorer of God's lost heritage, Haggai, he's the cleansing fountain, hallelujah, Zechariah, he's the merciful father, and Malachi, he's the son of righteousness with healing in his wings, John 17, 4 through 5, Jesus said, I he was talking to the Father, he was praying, he said, I glorified you on earth by completing down to the last detail what you assigned me to do. And now, Father, glorify me with your very own splendor, the very splendor I had in your presence before there was a world. John 20, 21 through 22. So Jesus said to them again, peace to you. Look, listen to this, listen to this, it's very important. You ready? You ready? So Jesus said to them again, peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. So just as Jesus was sent to fulfill every last dot and tittle, to, to cross every T and dot every I, he came to fulfill every bit of Scripture. He came to fulfill the reason that God had sent him. Just like the Father sent me, now I'm sending you. Not just the disciples, but he was talking to all of us at that moment, that he sent all of us. He picked us to be born at this time in the earth, to be at this church, getting this word. It's no coincidence that you're here. I know it was no coincidence that I was under the pastor that I was for the first three and a half years I was, because he taught me how to use my faith. Then he put me under Bishop Hilliard. It's no accident. Why? Because he taught, he's teaching me how to use my faith. Amen. So I know God has put me here. To teach others how to use their faith. I know that's my purpose. I know that's my assignment from God. Hallelujah. And it's a good feeling to know your purpose. Amen. It's a really good feeling. So you can hit, you're can you not shooting in the dark. I know what he's called me to do and I can be about it. Amen. All right. So number two, sent by Jesus, my God purpose. What's purpose? Purpose is the reason for which something is done or created or exists. Number one, sent by Jesus, my God purpose, number one, is always increasing in knowing God. Always increasing in knowing God. It's about the Father's business. It's the Father's business to always be increasing in knowing him, knowing him better, knowing him in, a, in another way. But Pastor Robert, could you give me that stool right there? I'm going to sit down and preach today about knowing god better look at um look at uh philippians three ten. this is paul he says for my determined purpose is that i may know him thank you that i may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him wow that's powerful did y'all hear that he said paul said this is my determined purpose that i may know him that i may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him Perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly. It's progressive. How many of you know it's progressive? The longer you walk with God, if you just don't quit, you'll see a side of God you didn't see before. You'll see that he, he is a, a, a God that you, that you didn't know he could do something. You know, he takes you through some stuff you never think you'll get through. He walks you through it. Even the valley of the shadow of death, we don't have to fear because he's with us. Amen. And you know Him. When you come out of a situation where you were sick and needed to be healed and you made it through, you're like, I know Him as my healer now. I know Him. I know Him. I know Him as the one who reveals to me like Scripture. When I get like a revelation from God, I'm like, God, You're the God who reveals stuff to me. Just walking along and He just drops something on you. Just to know another side of Him is, is one of the most wonderful things. But that's the Father's business, that I would always be increasing. Amen. That's why it's important that I, I have a relationship with him and his word, that I'm constantly reading his word. When I read his word, I hear, that's how he talks to me. That's how I get to know him. That's one of the best ways you get to know God is by reading his word because when you read it, it reads you back. Oh, amen. Number two. So number one is, is one of my purposes is to always increase in knowing God. And number two is to live a life surrendered to him. That's the Father's business. You know, our life is not our own. He has the right to tell us what to do. Let that sink in for just a minute. Because, you know, I can't just decide I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. You know, it has to line up with his word. I have to put, you know, the thing about Jesus is that he had things in the right priority. God's got to be first. And decisions that I make, places that I go, things that I do, it all is based on that, that, one, that relationship with God. What does His Word say about this? Surrender to Him. He has the right to tell me what to do. Look at this Romans twelve one through 2. So here's what I want you to do, God helping you. Take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, Come on, everything you do every day, and place it before God as an offering. So back up to the part where it says you'll be changed from the inside out. Underline this part. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Don't ignore the voice of the Holy Spirit. Because when you do that, he's like, he is like a gentleman. He steps back. He's not going to force you. You work with him. Amen? Quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. That's part of the fruit that we're wanting to grow this year is that we mature, that we go to another level. That's why I'm encouraging everybody to get in class. Get in firm foundations. If you haven't gone through firm foundation, get in class and go through firm foundations. You might say, well, I already know that stuff. Well, it wouldn't hurt a bit to stir it up. The word never gets old. Psalm 1611, it says, You will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. Amen. And so I, I live my life, surrender to him, and he leads me. He shows me the way of life. And, and in his presence is fullness of joy. At his right hand, pleasures forevermore. Amen, amen, amen. All right, number three. Seek to find out the will of God for your life. And that's what leadership is all about. Everybody who's finished Firm Foundation, you want to go into leadership so we can help you seek to find out the will of God for your life. Serving God. I'm talking about your higher purpose. You have a purpose to be, if you're married, a good husband or a good wife or a good parent or a good grandparent or aunt or uncle or brother or sister or daughter or son, whatever you are, you know, or whatever your job is, you know, that's part of your purpose is to be the best at whatever it is that, you, that you're called to do or to be. Amen? That's in the natural. But you also have a spiritual purpose. There are some gifts in you that you may not be aware of yet. We might have some teachers in here. Some preachers in here. There might be some pastors. Some evangelists. Amen? Some apostles. Might be some singers in here. Might be some to just have the gift of connecting with people might be some people who, who love to show mercy. We're not sure what your gifts are. Um, you know, for the Flores family, one of their gifts is that they love hospitality and they love serving and they come in and they make the tacos on Sunday morning. That's their way of serving and giving back and ministering to you. Amen. So, you know, find out what your ministry is and then get about it. I've got to be about the Father's business. Amen. I'm not here to just soak up I'm here, to, I'm here not just to be a reservoir, but I'm a conduit that can do it. I'm here to be, to be God's hand extended. Amen. And that's what the church is all about, is, is finding your God purpose and serving. Ephesians 2.10, it says, for we are God's masterpiece. I love that. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're a masterpiece. a masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. Look at this. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Just like he told Jeremiah, he said, before you were in your mother's womb, I knew you. I knew you and I called you to be a prophet for the nations." So before you were ever in your mother's womb, God called you and he put some stuff in you. Some stuff that he planned long ago before he ever sent you to this earth. It's a good thing to find out what those things are. The day that that, uh, Dr. Frederick Casey Price spoke a prophetic word over me, I knew my purpose. I knew my purpose. And I fought hell to still be doing my purpose. But here I am. I'm still doing it. Amen. So you find out what your purpose is, come hell or high water. Abraham, it was to make a baby and become a great nation took twenty years for that to happen, but he was faithful, amen, and in the end he got what it was. he was supposed to be so I know what i 'm supposed to be doing, I just keep doing it, amen, just keep doing it, just keep doing it, just keep doing it, and don 't quit. Run with endurance john fifteen sixteen it says you didn 't choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should remain. That's why on the inside of your bracelets, it says chosen 2019. So you don't forget that he chose you for this year. He chose you to bear some fruit for this year. So you don't forget that. Amen. Philippians two thirteen. for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Amen. So he's working in you and um, he's given you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. So his will for your life there's power there for it, and he's going to give you the desire to do it. We just have to say yes to God. You've got to say yes all day, every day. You know, i got a yes in the morning, a yes in noontime, and a yes all night long. Amen? Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. How could we say no? Go talk to Jonah about saying no. You know, sometimes you just got to preach mad. Jonah went. He was mad, but he preached. He obeyed. (laughs) Do it mad, but just do it. You don't want God to prepare a fish for you. Amen. All right, so he gives you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Number four, this is so important. Realize that you are a critical part of the plan of God. See, the devil comes to tell us and say, it doesn't really matter if you're there. It doesn't really matter if you serve. Remember that your part is critical. Just like you know, he calls the church the body of Christ. Look at your body. Is there any part that you'd be willing to part with today? (laughs) You are hilarious. (laughs) She said, "You ass." I'm just saying. No, but I'm. But but I'm just saying. You know, you wouldn't want to live without your pinky. You think your pinky's not that important, but try to live without that pinky or your big toe or even your little toe. I want all my parts. Amen? And the same way with the church we're the body of Christ, He wants all His parts. He wants all of us doing what He's called us to do. So we surrender to God and we say, Yes, Lord, I know that my part is important. It may not seem that important that we greet people at the front door. You know the, the emotion that people feel more than anything when they come into a new church? Fear." Will there be anybody like me? Will they even like me at all? Will there be anybody there that will want to talk to me? Fear is the biggest emotion that people fear when they come in the front door of a church. And so that's why we have such happy greeters and why we're looking for more happy greeters who will just stand there and just say, good morning and welcome. You look so pretty. What's your name? This is, you know, and, and shake their hand. Look them in the eye. That's important. That, that is one of the most important jobs that we do. So listen, as y'all get, get a, a download from God today, talk to Jennifer about where she can plug you in. She's got 90. She tries to do everything herself. She would run and greet and do the PowerPoint and do the children and cook tacos. She would do it all if we let her. But, but it's not meant for her to do it all. It's meant for her to make sure there's plenty of enough people to do it, but she's so faithful to stand in the gap. Lord knows, I can't wait to see her mansion in heaven because she's so faithful to stand in the gap. She's so faithful to do whatever needs to be done and make sure that I don't have to worry about it. Amen. So I'm asking y'all, take some off of her and just step up and serve in any way that you can. Amen. Everybody say amen. amen. All right, praise the Lord. Let me see where I was right here. Yeah, 1 Corinthians twelve eighteen. But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased. So God set you here. He set you in the body of Christ in this place, in this church. So it's pleased him to set you here. So you've got a, a purpose and a destiny to begin to let God pour out through you. He did not; He's not pouring in so that it can just be a reservoir and you can just get full. That's called the dead sea. In Israel, there's a place called the Dead Sea where water runs in, but it doesn't run out. Do you know that nothing lives in the Dead Sea? You can float on the Dead Sea. You can't even make yourself drown in the Dead Sea because it's so thick with um, uh, salt that it's, it's, you, you can't make yourself even sink. Have you all heard about the Dead Sea? Raise your hand if you've heard about it. Yeah, the Dead Sea is over there in Israel. And, and it's because water flows in, but it doesn't flow out. Water that's not moving becomes stagnant. Yeah. So you don't want to be stagnant. Stagnant water is gross.
1: Stagnant water is gross.
0: So we want to be not a reservoir, but we want to be a place where God can flow out. And there's a joy that comes with it that you'll miss out on in your life, that you cannot get any other Lord, I'm submitted to you. I am serving you. I'm here serving people, but God, you're the one. I'm serving as if every person was you. We serve as unto the Lord. Everything that we do, we do it with excellence. We give it our best. He says, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. Amen. So we're submitted to Him. I'm surrendered to you. I want to fulfill everything that you've called me to do. Jesus said in Matthew 16:18, "On this rock, I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it." So every issue, every problem that I go through, it's an opportunity for God to be glorified. You know that our life is the stage where God gets glory? When God sees you going through a problem, he says, oh, good, this is where I do my best work. Right here is where I'm going to show up and show out. When, you know, it's because, you know, Daniel was in the lion's den that we hear that God delivered him. Amen? Because there was a, an opportunity for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to be thrown into a fiery furnace. that We see that he got in and walked around the fire with him. There's a problem where, there's a problem where they were going to kill all the Jewish people. That's why we know about Esther. That's why we know about her, because there was a problem. There was an issue that they were sent to overcome. Amen. And God was with them in it. So when you find yourself in an issue, you find yourself in a problem, you say, come on, God, let's do this. Yes. Amen. Yes. All right. Jeremiah 29, 11. Here's what God says about it. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. In other words, come on, come through this. Keep your eyes on me. I'm going to get you through this. I'm going to get you through this. And somehow I'll be glorified in this. Decide. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. Though none go with me, still I will follow. No turning back, no turning back. When you come into the family of God, there's some people who will automatically just shake off your life because they're not wanting to go the way that you're going. But you have to be so determined. You know what? Just as determined as Jesus was to make it to that cross for his destiny to die for you and me. We have to be just as determined. I'm here to follow. I'm here to follow in your footsteps, Jesus. And there are people who will not make the cut. And you got to be willing to just keep going. Jesus, I didn't come to turn around and go back. That's called Lot. Lot and Abraham. God said, get away from everybody. (laughs) Everybody you know. What is Lot doing with you, Abraham? (laughs) And so Lot had to be shaken off along the way. So there's some people who are not going to make it. But you have to decide. I have decided to follow Jesus. The Bible says once you put your hand to the plow... You can't look back. I'm here to plow for Jesus. I'm not my own. I'm bought with a price. Do we get that? That that he has the right to to have my life. Amen. Number five. Be empowered to share the good news with others. He's given us the power of the Holy Spirit. We We sang that song this morning. Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. I'm always amazed at Tamar the way that she ministers and the songs that she chooses are always right in line with what the Holy Spirit is saying. Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. He's welcome. We, we want to just be comfortable instead of being powerful. Sometimes being powerful is uncomfortable. But He's empowered us to be powerful. We have the power of the Holy Spirit. Acts 1.8, He said, But you shall receive what? Power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and Judea and to Samaria and to the end of the earth. He empowered us with the Holy Spirit in order to be a witness, in order to share your faith. You know, for me, I share mine all the time. I share what Jesus did for me. You know, I was 31 years old when I knelt down in my closet and I just said, I'm through running. You can have my life. Now, that's my testimony. What is yours? How old were you? Where were you? I can take you to the spot on the carpet where I, I, I gave my life to Christ. I can, I can show you the very place where I was. What's your story? Where were you? What were you doing? How did he change your life? That's your story. And you're just called to be a witness. What does a witness do? A witness tells what they know firsthand. Firsthand account. See, that's what, that's what makes it so powerful because, you know, once you have an experience, you are never at the argument of somebody with, a, with, with just a story. I mean, just a, 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 a what, what is it, a theological argument. You come too late. You come too late to tell me I've had an experience with it. And so what, what's your story? Where were you when you gave your heart to Christ? Were you in church? What happened to your life since you received him? Since you began serving him, just tell somebody about the good news. Do what Jesus did. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Buy somebody's coffee and just give them a track. Or give them a card to the church or give them an Easter invite. Just give it to the... You can even just give it... You know, if, you, if, you, if you're a chicken. <laughs> you know, and sometimes fear overcomes us whenever we think about sharing because we think we're going to be rejected. That's okay. Jesus said that's what's going to happen. He said, go and preach the gospel to every creature. Some are going to believe and be saved and some won't and it'll be damned. So he's already letting you know ahead of time. Some are going to believe and some are not. But you just be faithful to plant a seed or to water. Because you might have planted a seed, somebody else is going to come along and water it. You just have to know there's power in it. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the power of salvation. So if you're chicken," Then just give the card to the to the clerk at Starbucks or wherever you are and say, just I'm paying for their coffee, just give this to them. Be creative. It's your ministry. We each have a ministry. Amen. All right, where are we? For, uh, John fourteen twelve. We're almost done. The message Bible says, The person who trusts me will not only will not only do what I'm doing, but even greater things, because I, on my way to the Father, and giving you the same work to do that I've been doing, you can count on it. Wow. That's powerful. Jesus went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. We got good news. Philippians 2.15, it says, Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. People might be crooked and perverse. You just shine even brighter. Amen. There's a joy that you receive when you share Christ, when you share your story of what he's done for you that you cannot get anywhere else. It is the ultimate fulfillment. When you know you made an eternal difference in someone's life. I see people on Facebook all the time That I know that I know that because I got involved in their lives, because I shared my testimony, because I gave one girl my car to drive when she didn't have a car to drive. I gave her my car to drive. I showed her what Christ was all about. She's serving God to this day. She's not serving God with me. She still lives in the same town. But she's serving God. And I know that I'm, I'm the one who told her about Jesus. I'm the one who led her to Christ. I prayed with her. I, I prayed with people on my living room floor. They, they, they fell out in the Holy Spirit right on my living room floor, but I got them saved. Amen. And I see them on Facebook and I see them living their lives. I'm like, yes. Even after all these years, man, there's a joy that comes with that. You can't get anywhere else. Amen. So Jesus had sent 70 people out. He gave them power over unclean spirits. He gave them to say, go use my name. Friendly, you've received. Freely give. You know, your testimony can be like the man who was blind. He said, I don't know anything else except that once I was blind, and now I see. You can preach a real simple message. Amen? Amen. All right, so Luke 10, 17. Then the 70 return with joy, saying, Lord. They return with what? Joy. They return with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Luke 14, 23. Jesus said, go out into the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in, that my house may be. Be filled. Matthew twenty-eight nineteen. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And Proverbs eleven thirty says, "The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life." Come on, it's barren fruit, and he who wins souls is wise. You know, just say, God, I know you put me here to win souls. Make me wise," he says. Any of, any of us, any who ask for anybody who asks for wisdom, he said, "Let him ask the giving God. Anybody who want, lacks wisdom in the area, let him ask the giving God, who gives liberally to all without reproach. He'll give you wisdom to be a soul winner." Amen. Now look, we have all these left over, all these plus there's a, a big stack back there and another stack up front. Invite people to come on Easter Sunday. That's what these are for. They've all been anointed with oil. I believe they carry the power of the Holy Spirit on the very paper. Amen. If Paul could put his anointing on on handkerchiefs, I believe the anointing goes on the actual paper. Amen. Amen. So invite people. Just invite them. Jesus said the fields are already white for harvest. They're already ready. Don't be afraid of them. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of their faces. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you've given us an assignment, that you've given us a, a, a reason and a purpose for being here, for this time that we're here on the earth, God, that we're chosen. We've been chosen by you, anointed, appointed, and set here, set, scheduled for the earth in this year. So God, we just ask you to help us to bear fruit, let our fruit remain, God, that we're about your business. That we are aware of it. That you make us aware of it. Lord, Holy Spirit, we ask you to fill us right now. Just lift up your hands, everybody in the room. Say, Holy Spirit, fill me. In fact, say, Jesus, you are the baptizer. I ask you to baptize me with the Holy Spirit and fire right now. So I declare that I am a witness, even to the ends of the earth. In Jesus' name, Amen. Well, Father, I thank you that we've heard your word today. And Lord, it's gone on the good ground of our heart. And Lord, we thank you that today we will bear fruit, a hundredfold return in Jesus' name. Well, maybe you're here with our eyes closed and our heads bowed. You'd say, Pastor Sally, I'm not right with God. I want to be right with God, but I'm not right with God. I'm going to lead you in a real simple prayer. And if you mean it in your heart, everything will change. Your name will be written in the Lamb's Book of Life. You'll become a child of God, born again. So just simply say this prayer with me. Say, Father, I confess to you that I am a sinner. I have messed up, sometimes on purpose, and sometimes I'm sure I just didn't know. But I'm sorry for my sins. Jesus, come into my heart. Be the Lord of my life. Teach me. Guide me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I'm trusting you alone to save me. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer and you meant it in your heart, if you would just take that card.